0: Hi, so this is our podcast on The Social Dilemma. I'm Katie Hoover.
1: I'm Katiana Gracie. I'm Jacqueline Skoblak.
2: I'm Eugene Lee. I'm Andres Tempero.
0: Welcome to our podcast. So some of the topics we're going to be going over, or the first topic we're going to be going over, is how are the feeds of Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube tailored to the user? So...
2: One answer to the question would be that it's tailored to our likings because they want to keep us engaged as long as possible. As they keep us engaged, they're going to want us to like the app more and recommend it to other people. Having that increased engagement is key to the app's success because they can show more ads to the user and they can ultimately make more money. Downside of this is people become addicted to social media and using these techniques they don't know that they're being manipulated and in the end they spend hours on social media without even knowing it and it becomes an unhealthy habit
0: that's true um something that reminds me of this is that this may I don't even know if this would be considered to the extreme but things like um, selling humans or slavery has been abolished and outlawed because of its consequences. And it's been in history and it's happened before. We already know what's gonna happen. And um, with social media, humans are the products and we're being sold to shareholders or advertisers. And I thought that this part of social media needs to have restrictions because the consequences of this are going to happen again because it's happened once before in history, just a different scenario.
1: So the next question we have is, how important is your right to privacy? And also considering, like, about the pandemic and should our movements be tracked? And personally, my privacy is very important to me, but I think just, like, even today, even if you have, like, a social media account, your privacy isn't really that much of a thing anymore and like people can choose to like not have their privacy like on snapchat you can display your location and like i don't know it's just like something that you can't really get around Mm.
0: um this reminded me of this is kind of conflicting to choose from because well it is also for um the better of us because if we are It does allow for um more accurate tracking if we are exposed to the coronavirus but it's also really easy to get your information leaked or have someone find something that they aren't supposed to because i've read a couple of stories online where um in a different sense when they just used bookings or the restaurant also had um come in contact with um the process of like transferring the information to the government a lot of people's um private information have been linked like their phone numbers or like um stuff like that so i think it should probably be there should probably be a different way to come about this rather than tracking it on your or using all of your um, information and having the government access that
3: yeah i agree so but i know that my privacy is important but i think it's necessary to provide my track to the government because i read on news that one woman is their did her information of where she went and then because of her many like 25 more people people got infected so I can't give necessary to provide information to the government
0: that's a good point
2: yeah I agree with that I think privacy is very important and the problem with social media nowadays is you can get information so easily just through a couple clicks you can go into someone's profile and get that information it's not that hard, anyone can do it nowadays. So that's the scary part Having that knowledge to everybody means your information is now leaked to everybody. You can use that phone number, you can put it right into a website and get the address for free. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you can track calls, you can track emails, you can track almost everything nowadays. And I think conserving your privacy is very important. In reference to going um, without a phone for a week, I probably couldn't do that, not because i would say i'm addicted to social media or any other apps like that i just feel i need my phone to keep in contact and have important information that i need to pull up at any time so Mm -hmm. in reference to not doing social media for a week i could probably do that that's not that hard but going without a phone there's a lot of information i have in my phone and a lot of useful resources i have with my phone that Mm -hmm. i probably would
0: I see, that's a good point. Um, Eugene, do you wanna go next? Sure.
3: Yeah, I agree, because I'm using all with, with my phone during my leisure time, watching YouTube, playing games. So without phone, I can do nothing with my leisure time. However, for a specific time, I can live without phone during test weekend. I can only focus on studying, so um, i can live without phone
1: for
0: a week. <laughs> um, I think I could live without my phone for a week, but then there's also the problem of going outside and how would you able to be contact your family or going out by yourself? So you would lose a sense of freedom, because I know I'm not allowed to go out without having some way of having contact with my family or my parents. So, I would, I don't know if I'd be able to go without, like, my phone because then I wouldn't have any freedom. So, I think I could just go with deleting all of my social media apps, but,
1: yeah. Um, I want to believe that I could go without my phone for a week, but I don't really think I could. I mean, maybe for, like, a few days probably but like I'm always I always have my phone with me and like also for like safety it's also important to have it but yeah
3: so for the question is social media a drug in my case I think social media is a drug because I think the definition of a drug is you're addicted and then you cannot control yourself of stop using it in my case I'm using social media every day so I think I'm addicted so I
0: think it's a drug. Mm. That's a good point. Um, I think social media is like a drug because, while it might not have a physical effect on your body, well, in some sense, as like, tremendous as cigarettes would, but I think it's can be highly addictive in the sense that they have algorithms to make sure that they're having all of your time on your phone. So... And it takes a lot of willpower and um, courage to break that habit and to self-regulate yourself when using social media. So I think it is like a drug in that sense.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's not only like a drug in the sense that it's addictive, but it's also harmful because like if you're on social media all the time and you like compare yourself to others it's very harmful to yourself and your self-worth and like you put yourself down maybe because you don't have something that somebody else has that you saw on social media yet so it can be very harmful that way mm-hmm.
0: I agree with that does anyone else have anything to say or can I end it
2: oh I guess I'll uh step in. I, I would classify a drug as something really physical and so social media is online. I mean you can always just put your phone down and then people can say the same thing about drugs. You can always put the drugs down. So it's a very controversial topic I think but I wouldn't really look at it as like a really addictive drug because you can literally go without it. It's not that hard. You can just put your phone down or like lock your phone away, or just delete the app. Because when I think it's just like when you feel that you're more popular on the app, or when you feel that you need to be on the app, you're going to use it more often. But when you don't have a lot of people texting you, or you don't have a lot of people interacting or posting, then you have no need to be on it. So I think social media is fueled by other people's addictions. So as more people
0: Um, I don't know if I completely agree with that because, um, without posting or being super popular on social media, I think that people can become addicted by viewing other things like, um, crafts or, um, just like videos where it's either cooking, um, or stuff like that. I think if it was as easy as it was like, to just put your phone down, it wouldn't be such a problem, but I think it's difficult for a lot of people to put it down and not like have the constant urge to pick it back up again and check what's going on. So I think that makes it more like a drug though. So for our final um, discussion question, Are we in the United States closer to a dystopian society than we have been in the past or not? I think that we are closer to a dystopian society because dystopian society me means that there's no unity or, um, like, closeness as a nation or a society together, and everyone thinks that they're on their own and they can't rely on others anymore. And... For me, um how social media has taken a toll on our present day society, I think people have become very divided with how they see others and their' in their opinions because with social media on your feed, you will only see people who have similar opinions to you or they will have disagreeing um arguments with people who don't have the same opinion as them, and that will fuel a sense of righteousness in the person with their opinion, and I think that creates a big divide between people, and I think that's something that causes a dystopian society. Yeah, I agree. Like how in The Social Dilemma it talked about how,
1: like, somebody else's stuff that they see, like maybe when they search something into Google, it's completely different than somebody else's. and then the information that they're like receiving is different. And then like people will like completely like like if they're friends with someone, completely break off the friendship and never talk to them again just because of something that they believe in. And I think like that is very reminiscent to like a dystopian society and how people are very divided. Just like, like in 1984, and like people turn against each other, and nobody really trusts each other. So yeah, I think we are way closer to a dystopian society today than we were in
3: surveillance camera. About four people in America. And there's a one surveillance camera per three people in China. It means that the government check every people almost everywhere. So I think our world is in dystopian since we. The government can check everybody, everyone.
0: Andreas, do you have anything to say?
2: Yeah, I think our society is more dystopian than it was before. I mean, 2021, you have a lot of controversial topics. You also have a lot of problems going on in our world. But I think the whole idea of classifying it as a dystopian society is a little bit overboard. You know, society is ever perfect. I think a lot of people need to understand that. Like, even though the U.S. might be deemed as perfect, it's not. You're you're never going to have a government 100% loyal or 100% truthful. You're always going to have corrupt people. So I think understanding that and just giving it as much effort as you can and understanding that our government's not perfect, I think, is the key.
1: And not expecting so much from anyone.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast on the social dilemma.